that's a little better. That's a little better. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I, I want to say right off the bat, I don't have a Mother's Day sermon. I did that the first service, so you got to go online to hear your Mother's Day sermon. And I, I'm not going to do that one again. But nevertheless, God's word is good. I'm not going to shortchange you on this one just the same. And I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you wonderful mothers. True mothers, by definition, who's doing it the right way, who's taking on this responsibility seriously. And, you know, as I said this morning, mothers, a mother's job is something very special. To me, it's one of the most honorable jobs in the world, being a mother raising a child or raising children because you know what it holds so much responsibility the shaping the molding you know you're you're involving the life of someone else and helping them to shape and direct the direction they're going to go in life oh mother's work as they say is never done but as I said you got to go online to hear your Mother's Day sermon for today. Today, I would like to direct your attention to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And while you're turning there, if you're not already there, so glad to see Sister Zori. Zori graduating from Kennesaw State. Zori says she's ready to get up out of there. <laughs> but congratulations to you, Zori. And it's so good to see the success that's heading your way and rest assured keep God first you can't fail you can't fail every now and then you know you may have a setback or a detour but you, you can't fail with God because in order to fail with God that means something that's bigger than your God so but we know there's nothing bigger than our God amen so you, you may have a detour here and there. You may have to take an alternate route to something, but you don't fail. Not in Christ. Not in Christ, because your God, my God, is bigger than anything this world can present. Amen? Amen. Let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. For some of you, this will probably be the most reading you're going to do this week. <laughs> so I'm going to read the whole chapter. We're going to read the whole chapter, verse, I mean, chapter 3. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And as much as he who had built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, 
for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. For how long? Forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So this is what God said. So I swear in my wrath, not in his love, but I swear in my wrath, they should not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, talking to us. Amen. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we, talking about us, for we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the, unto the end. While it is said, today, today, May 9th, 2021, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved for the years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest. But to them that believe not. So we seeing that they could not enter in because of what? Because of unbelief. Hebrews 11 and 6 said for Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The biblical definition in Hebrews, given in Hebrews 11, it said, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Folks, 
The Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 3 that we should not forget what happened to those of yesterday. We should not forget about what happened to those of yesterday. The Bible said today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not your heart, but pay attention and learn that this God that we talk about and this God that we serve, this God of love, this God of compassion, this God who is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish, as it teaches us in 2 Peter chapter 3, that this same God has a wrath. The same God has a wrath that says, don't play with me. Don't play with me. Don't try me. Don't tempt me. Take me at my word and believe it. And don't try me, church. The same loving God that continuously blesses us day after day after day after day. He has a cutoff point, folks. He has a cutoff point. And we should not remember those of yesterday that fell in the wilderness. They fell to their death because of unbelief. And we find a message in Hebrews chapter 3, not only just in regards to them, but it also brings a present day warning unto us. It tells us, take heed, brethren, verse number 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. The Bible said not to have faith and not to believe that brings about a defined definition that you have an evil heart. For you to lack faith is an evil heart. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible goes on to say, lest any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. In other words, a lack of faith will lead you to go contrary to the will of God. A lack of faith would lead you to only wonder, why should I serve this God? Why should I dedicate myself to God? Why should I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, if I don't have faith? If you don't have faith, you won't. But remember what I'm saying today. Remember them of yesterday. A lack of faith brought about an evil heart. A lack of faith brought about them to question God. A lack of faith brought about them to try God. A lack of faith brought about them to rebel against God. And a short trip in the wilderness that should have only taken a couple of days turned into 40 years. Because of a lack of faith. And I want you to just picture this for a moment. I want you to just picture this. A nation of people. A nation of people just wandering around and marching around in the wilderness. For 40 years. 
And they start just dropping dead. They just start dropping dead. And they just drop dead. And they just drop dead. Until the last one. And this is what's so beautiful about the picture. And I, and I say beautiful. Even though it was so tragic. But it's such a beautiful picture. God knew when the last one brought you When the last one dropped dead. God said. Okay now it's time to prepare this generation. For the blessing. God allowed those folks to march around for 40 years. Until they dropped dead. You would think somewhere within that 40 years. Somebody would have had a repentant heart. But when you don't have faith. You don't, you don't see a need to repent. When you don't have faith, you don't see the necessity to repent. Repent for what? Unto who? Why? Because when you have a lack of faith, you have an evil heart. And an evil heart would only lead you to believe that you only need to serve yourself. And the writer here in Hebrews says... Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you a heart of unbelief, an evil heart of unbelief. Verse 13 said, but exhort one another daily while it is called what? Today. He ain't said nothing about making plans later on this week. Folks. Why is today called a present? Because it is a present because this is all we have. Today is all we have. Today, you know, we set aside this day to honor and recognize mothers. And, and I'm not against it. I'm not, you know, going to rain on your parade. But shouldn't you honor your mother every day? Shouldn't a son do more for his mama? You, you, you get in trouble, you raise hell, you cost her money and, and, and everything all the other days of the year. And then you want to just run the Kroger's or Ingalls and buy some flowers on one day. And that's supposed to make everything all right. No, we should exhort one another every day. Every day the good Lord bless. Listen to me, children. Listen to me, young folks. Listen to me. You, you got parents? You better hear me. Because I'm going to stand here and tell you, you take too much for granted. You take too much for granted. You take for granted God is going to Allow your mom and your dad or, or both of them to wake up tomorrow. You take for granted they're going to be there. You don't know that. But how much do you thank God every day that he wake them up and he wake you up? How many of you take time to pray and give thanks unto God and thank him for your parents? Probably... 
have to none of you. Because you just assume God's supposed to wake them up. God's supposed to have them there to take care of you, to provide for you. You better stop assuming. But isn't it amazing? You can go so far out to assume, but you won't honor them. Every day. And and I'm not talking about you got to go out and spend money on them every day. I'm simply saying for many, it's just simply show them respect. You know, there are some parents who would just appreciate from you a thank you. When was the last time you, you told your parents, I, I appreciate all you've done. Well, brother, man, that would just be corny to tell my parents that every day. Okay, one day you're going to wake up, they ain't going to be there. And I can tell you from experience, buddy, when they gone, they're gone. They're gone. And I don't care how much you cry and how much you wish and hope. You could say something. They're gone. So what, what's so corny about it? What's so corny about it is because, you know what? You're too full of you. You're too full of you. But then you want to act a fool at a funeral. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How many of you encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ? Huh? Some, some of us don't bother to pick up the phone or do anything for anybody unless they drop sick. But that, that's not what the Bible says. We're in a spiritual warfare daily. I don't have to be sick to need encouragement. I need encouragement because I'm in warfare. Well, you know, I'd be so busy. I'd be so tired. Oh, I just got so much going on. That sound familiar? Before I realize it's so late and I don't want to call anybody, but so I guess I guess 14 is a lot in. Verse 14 said, for we are made partakers of Christ. We are his workmanship, as Paul said in Ephesians 2. Well, if we're his workmanship, if we are partakers, Christ was concerned about others. Where is your concern about others? And I'll tell you, I want to hear about how busy you claim you are. All of us got 24 hours in a day. You can make time to do whatever you classify and define as important. 
And if you don't define what God would have you to do as important, you're not going to do it. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if, 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 we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, not in ourselves, in Christ. If we're willing to be true to him, if we're willing to serve him, if we're willing... To do as he has outlined unto us to do as partakers, as his workmanship. Then we could be, we could have that confidence. We don't have to worry about straying or wandering, getting off course. And folks, let me tell you, it's, it's not sometime. It's not now and then. It's not here and there. It's Consistency. Consistency. It's not showing up to worship whenever you decide you want to show up. It's not living godly whenever you feel like living godly and then going back out there and, and, and indulging yourself into the sins of this world. It's all or nothing. God don't want a part of you. He wants all. And if he can't have all, he don't want any of you. He won't have any of you. So the Bible said, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. What happened? They rebelled. They tempted. They tried God. You know, it, they, they, they tried God like people try God today. I'm going to be faithful. Well, I, I, I hate to even use the term faithful sometime. Because if you're sometime, you ain't faithful in nothing. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to show up every now and then. I'm going to do a little that justifies my self-righteous. The righteousness that I've established, established for myself. And I feel justified because I did this or I showed up or I did that. Let me tell you something, folks. This is God you're dealing with. This is God you're dealing with. Look at verse number 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. They did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. In other words... Everybody that came out of Egypt was saved. God didn't spare. But it's not because God couldn't save them. They chose not to be saved. Similar to the lives of how many of us today 
show up a few Sundays and we won't see you for I don't know when. So is there an exemption for not forsaking the assembly? Is there an exemption for not exhorting one another, encouraging one another? Is there an exemption for not living ungodly? God haven't given any exemptions. We either have to make up our mind we're going to be all in it. Or do us a favor. Quit faking and just go on out there. You're not doing God any favor. So, brother, man, that's harsh. Don't tell a person to just go out there. Well, what good are they doing when they know what is good? You're, you're, not, you're not benefiting the church. You, you not having a made up mind to serve God and serve him faithfully is like bringing a disease among healthy people. People know you're not sincere, you're not totally committed, and you come around and you wonder who, you, who you're looking to in faith. Who are you looking to contaminate? For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Verse 17 says, but with whom was he grieved for the years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Was it not with them that didn't believe? All of those that didn't believe over a period of 40 years, they perish. Think about that for a moment, folks. God, look at what God did. They were in bondage for, for years. The Bible said they prayed, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed until over a period of 450, almost 500 years, God was silent. God was silent until their prayers. And then one day, he called Moses. He called Moses. And one of the first things he told Moses to tell him, tell him I heard their prayers. I heard them. And what did God do? He led Moses to go unto Pharaoh. And he told Pharaoh, not ask, he told Pharaoh, let my people go. And after 10 plagues, Pharaoh finally got it. This, this God is bigger than me. And he told Moses, he summoned Moses and told Moses, you and old people, get out of here. Get out. Take whatever you want. These folks were dirt poor. They weren't poor. They were poor. They were dirt, dusty, poor as slaves. 
and they left out of Egypt rich. God walked them across the Red Sea on dry land. Dropped manna from heaven. Took care of them and delivered them. And the only thing they could give back in return was unfaithful acts. They murmured. They complained. When God, when God fed them manna from heaven, you know the first thing, the next thing they started doing? They said, we're thirsty. You just brought us out here, we're going we're gonna to die of thirst. God gave them water. Then they said, well, now this is wrong. Now this ain't right. You could have left us back. And to me, now this is just me talking. I think the greatest, Gerard, I think the greatest insult that they ever hurled at God when they told Moses, you should have left us back in Egypt. At least we had graves. After all God had done for them, after all that God had shown them, these jokers had the audacity to say, because whatever they said to Moses, they were saying it to God. They said, you should have just left us back in Egypt. God put up with it a little while longer. He continued to feed them. He continued to Lead them on this journey. But that finally came a point. You know what? God said, I'm sick of their mouths. I'm sick of them. I keep blessing them. I keep feeding them. I keep protecting them. I keep doing all these things for them. And all they constantly do is murmur and compliant and they won't serve me faithfully who does that sound like huh who does that sound like I keep waking you up every day I protect you from dangers you'll never know about and then there are dangers you are confronted with and I still deliver you and protect you. You have health issues and I heal you. I delivered you. You've had challenges in your life and you know it was nobody but me who stepped in and delivered you out of it. But yet all I ask you to do is to serve me and to be faithful. Come worship me on the first day of the week. Encourage your brothers and sisters on other days of the week. Don't put anybody before me. When you're making your schedule for the week, make sure 
I'm in the center and you, and, you, and you arrange everything else around me. And stop plugging me in wherever you can after you arrange to do everything else. Did I not tell you in my word? What, what did James say? Don't take it upon yourself to be talking about what you're going to do tomorrow. Because you don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow. You say if it's the Lord's will, we'll go here and we'll do this and we'll do that. But how many of us, how many of us take heed to that? Some of us are sitting here right now thinking about tomorrow, thinking about next week. And you can't even focus to worship God in spirit and truth right now. But yet you assume, you assume there's going to be a tomorrow. I'm just simply saying, learn from those of yesterday. You take for granted that God is going to do something. Ain't nothing impossible for him to do other than sin. But you don't know for a fact if tomorrow has your name on it. You don't know for a fact if this evening has your name on it. Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. What the writer is simply saying unto us, stop taking so much for granted. Stop thinking. You got time. You only have right now. I said over and over. You're sitting there. You're saying, well, I feel healthy. I feel fine. But you don't know what's really going on inside of your body. You don't know that, that blood clot may be down in your leg right now. But it's on its way to your heart. And it's going to shut you down. You don't know just because you feel fine right now. Folks, you don't have to be sick to die. The only thing required to die is an appointment. And you have an appointment. Just like I do. Stop taking this life for granted. One day we're going to give an account. One day we're going to give an account. That's going to be an audit. I put it that way. We all know, we all familiar with audits. We don't like them. And if the audit don't balance out, if it doesn't balance out, there's going to be a problem. The Bible said we're going to have to give an account for everything we've done in this body, whether it be good or evil. So in other words, the days that the Lord has blessed you to live, 
Have you dedicated more of those days to glorify him? Or has it been to yourself? Well, how can I expect to go to heaven to glorify God where time isn't even a matter of, uh, if time isn't even a measure up there, how can I be expected to glorify God up there through eternity when I'm not willing to even give him majority of my time down here? That doesn't add up, folks. So my encouragement to you today is remember those of yesterday. Remember those in the wilderness. Remember Hebrews 3. The Bible said Moses was a, Moses was a good man. He was a great man. But there was one greater than Moses. And he sacrificed and laid down his life that you and I can have eternal life. Young folks, stop taking so much for granted. Young people die too. Folks said, oh, they die so they die so young. It's not fair. What do you mean not fair? You're not God. You don't determine life and death. You don't determine time on this earth. However much time God gives us, God is fair and God is just. It's up to us to take advantage and do the best with it. Who are you to tell God what's not right? So I encourage you, make good of your time. Make good of your time. Because I promise you, you don't have as much as you think left. It's running out every day. Young folks, you better hug your mama. You better hug your daddy. You better, you better appreciate them. They're not going to be here one day. Then they're going to be gone. Hug your siblings instead of fighting and acting crazy. You know, my parents, when me and my brother, me and my brother fought all the time. I guess we just fought to fight. And finally, my daddy just got sick of it. One day, he, he just caught us. My, my daddy didn't play. Carrie, he just caught us in the car, both of us. He said, I'm sick and tired of y'all foolishness. You want to fight each other. And it's a world out there waiting to fight you. You better learn to take care of each other. You better learn to look out for each other. And you know what? It took me some years down the road for that to really register and make sense. It's a world out there waiting to put its foot on your neck. And you want to fight each other. That's not only just for siblings, that's even for us in the church. The 
world ain't going to love you any better. As long as you name the name of Christ, the world going to hate you. So instead of trying to sell yourself out and be a double agent, let's love one another. Let's exhort one another. Let's encourage one another. This life as a Christian is hard enough. Don't make it any more difficult than what it has to be. Let's rally around each other. Let's build one another up as the word commands us to do. So when you stand in judgment and the question is asked, who did you exhort? Who did you encourage? How did you exhort them if you weren't there? And you want to go where? Surely not heaven. So with that, folks, I encourage you to be steadfast, unmovable, and keep yourself always abounding in the works involving the church, involving the Lord. We're so busy trying to accomplish and achieve and, and obtain these worldly goods and these worldly accolades. But one day, you, your hands are going to lie folded in rest. And they can write whatever they want in that obituary. But it ain't going to change what's written in heaven. The Bible says, blessed are the dead that die in Christ. For their work shall follow them. So I ask you this morning, this afternoon. What do you have packed? What do you have ready to follow you into the judgment? To justify you. That you didn't waste God's time while you were here. Think about it. If you're here today and you haven't surrendered your will to Christ to be baptized for the remission of your sins, to become a child of God, to become a Christian, nothing more, nothing less, just simply a Christian. Today you have the opportunity to do that. You have the opportunity to leave that crooked way and get on that straight and narrow way. You have the opportunity to make good what you've been making wrong all along. You have the opportunity to do good where in the past you've been doing wrong. The Bible teaches us that one must hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of their sin. There's only one way to heaven, folks. There's only one way to heaven. And that's through Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Mama ain't going to be able to get you there. Daddy won't be able to get you there. Your siblings won't be able to help you. Nobody going to be able to get you. Only Jesus.
Only Jesus is the way. Are you ready today? Are you ready? Is heaven your goal? Your destiny? Is heaven the place where you'll go if you close your eyes in death today? Is heaven the place you're going to go? That's a decision you need to make. Because you know what? It's a free will decision. But you will never be able to blame God for being unjust. For us who are members of the church, we know the rules. Get it right. You get it right, you could die right. You die right, you could get up right. You get up right, it's going to be all right. Make your calling an election. Sure today. What's our song, Adore? 593. 593 is our invitation song. Let us together stand and let us sing.